Okay, so so Zion over here is going to be a continuation, really, of of the discussion that we've been speaking about until now, of different people getting different job assignments in this life, in this world, right? We've spoken about the beautiful analogy that Tanhuma gives us of the king who wanted to have a, uh, an, uh, a botanical garden planted for himself, and he assigned all the different workers different jobs to do. And only if each worker does his job, and the, you know, the, the one guy is planting the, the, you know, the orchids, right, the most delicate, most beautiful things, and, and the other guy is just cutting the grass, right? But you need all these different people, each one to do his job in order to have the beautiful botanical garden. So too, um, with us, every person is deter- predetermined to have a certain role in life. We did mention that it's possible to have roles um, change. You know, the, the role may be first you're going to be doing this for a while, and afterwards you're going to be moved over to something else. But that's all possible as well. But th- there are roles, nonetheless, um, and that is what's referred to as mazel. There's two different types of mazel, which is confusing, actually. And the Ramchal doesn't talk about it right here in the spot. But there are two types of mazels that are discussed. One is what's called the mazel of, like, the stars. Um, person's, uh, you know, astrological signs, etc. And on that, the Gemara, in the end of Mesech Shab says, Ein uh, mazel Yisroel. Uh, which is clear from those Gemaras over there, as well as the Ramchal and, and everyone else, that, uh, that it doesn't mean that you still have no mazel. We certainly do. We were born under certain constellations, etc. And therefore, there's certain pre, uh, determ- pre, pre um, inclined, yeah, there's certain inclinations uh, uh, how things might go. But in Mazel Yisrael means that w- through our mitzvahs, through our merits, we can go above Mazel. We can transcend Mazel. So even if a person has a bad Mazel in a particular area, they can overcome that and come to, come to a higher place. That's one. But then there's a, a higher Mazel, a Mazel Elyon, which is that this is the will of Hashem, that a person's life should go in a certain way. Uh, this is your job in life. Right? This is, you, you can't, if you, what if I'm very meritorious? I'll get around it. No, <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do. So very meritorious, big, big, big tzaddik. Great. So very big tzaddik, and this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So the, so uh, uh, that's two different times. So we're we're currently talking about you know people's role in life. So until now we've been talking about depending on what your shorsh and shoma is, what kind of a soul you have, from where it comes from, in the higher worlds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now he points out that contrary to, um, I mean, I don't know. Can I ask a question about, the, about Mazel? Sure. Just because the Ramban says in several places that, that uh, it, 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 he talks about it in terms of Mazel, the Pazalos, right? But that, that uh, Hashem Shashkaf over, over uh, uh, Israel is direct, right? And the other people is, is indirect. Mm-hmm. Right through the mazels. Um, I'd have to see exactly which which text you're referring to, um, but in, you know, in that, that Gemara in Shabbos is very clear that 
certainly Israel do have mazel, but maybe this is what you're referring to, that through our merits, through a stronger connection to Hashem, you can override it. Like with Avram Avinu, where Hashem takes him, right, like, the, like Rashi brings, that Avram Avinu took, Moshe, uh, took Avram Avinu outside and had him look down at the stars. It says, he beat to look at the stars, but language uses the language of habata, which always means to look down on something. So the Rashi brings a Chazal over there that Hashem took Avram Avinu and he raised them up above the constellations, which the constellations is the lower mazel. That's what determines a lot of what happens down here. And Avram was elevated up above that, looked down on there, see that you are not controlled by them, you will have a child. Even though Avram wasn't meant to have a child, and that's a mazel, but Avraham... Now, we'll have a child, right? So let's uh, take a look over there. It's a little different. It's it's the idea that the constellations are sort of intermediaries between Hashem and the other nations. Well, our Ashkacha is more direct. Yeah. We'll have to analyze different sources, but that's... But uh, we definitely uh, are born under the Mazalos as well. I mean, you see that the 12 Shvatim line up with the 12 Mazalos. And, uh, yeah. Okay, so... Um, so over here, what we're seeing is is a concept that, um, especially in America, you know, the big the big uh, the popular line is you're your own man, you, know, you build your own future. You're not dependent on your on your parents, on your family. You know, like uh, it even it even got the you know until now the the one place where they thought that it was safe from was was the was the british royal family right like tradition the, the family <laughs> and even that you know, so, i don't want to be the royal prince anymore i want to go live in america right so um, but there is a concept that a person's destiny so to speak is going to be shaped by his family by his family by his peers by his environment so, so he says that number one, uh, simple thing, just like we spoke about earlier, that if Hashem wants a certain person, let's say, to be, his job in life is to be a very rich man and to use all those resources to try to improve the life of, lives of others around him, etc. So Hashem will make him a rich man. It will empower him to, to, to be able to do that job. Okay, now what about his son? So his son is born to him. He's born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He's born... A very rich person. Now, barring exceptional circumstances where the boy has a strong muzzle specifically not to be rich, right? That, okay, that's his. You know, you could have such a thing that he's meant to be a person who was born rich and lost all of his money. But, but barring such a thing, he's going to be a rich. He's going to be a rich man. Why is he rich? Because of his father. So too, in spiritual concept, since you're the I mean, this boy is the son of his father, and because it was fit for his father to be rich, so he was put also into that situation due to his father. So, means that uh, this is one of the considerations that determines whether a person is going to be um, social standing, or whatever it may be, is his number one, what's called schus avos, the merit of his fathers, right? Or, potentially, schus bonim, person might be might be made... Uh, famous or popular or whatever it may be, um, so that his children should be properly positioned to accomplish the job <coughs> that they need to accomplish. It could be because his wife needs that situation, right, uh, in order to be 
tested? Is she going to become arrogant now that her husband is a, is a big shot? Or, or is she going to become miserable now that her husband is a poor pauper or, or whatever, right? Etc., uh, etc. Et so, so, he, so he explains that basically we have to understand that, yes, each one of us is unique. And that uniqueness certainly is probably the most powerful determining factor in our mazel, in our you know, scripts that we were given to, to play out in life. But there's also an important factor of the people around us. You know, we, we live in a um, delicate, interconnected web of where the strongest ties you have then would be, besides your, who you are yourself, would be to your parents, to your spouse, to your children, and then to your family, to your, to your friends, to your community, to, to even the general area where you live, which is, for example, why Hazal say that if a person is seeing very, very difficult things, very difficult times, sometimes it could be appropriate to relocate, right? Because part of a person's mazel might be due to the place where he is. What about Rishoyim? Like children, the, the Tzadikim that have Rishoyim? So, is that, based on what we're saying, that could, they could be a, a Russia based on a challenge for either themselves to have to overcome or for their parents or for their surrounding... To me, a, a child might be born um, to, to, to a Russia, and that would be his, you know, his peckle in life would be to grow up with, in such a family, you know, maybe with an abusive father or something like and to overcome that challenge. And I guess vice versa, then, if the parents were Tzadikim and they had a... And they had a very... And they had, and they had a terrible son, and their challenge is to, nonetheless, you know... Do, like do the, the best that they can. But like the, if the mazel like transfers from the parents to the child, transfers means that the family you're born into is not separate from your purpose in life. Your, your job in life, right, is determined by who you are individually, but also what family you, you were born into, what siblings you have what spouse you have, what children you have, what friends you have. It's all a part of that grander picture that makes up what is the appropriate life role for, for that person. Right, okay. I guess I'm, I'm trying to clarify in my mind how like a, a righteous muzzle can manifest itself to something evil or vice versa. It's not, it's not so much about... We can all understand that... Uh, um, well, I overheard Alan talking about the Torsky family, right? So, like, there's generations of generations of generations of rabbis, right? Mm -hmm. So, someone born to that family, so he's the equivalent of, let's say, someone being born rich, right? So, here, it's someone being born into a very, um, you know, prestigious family, as far as a rabbinic family, as far as a family you can probably pick up a lot of really positive um, you know, personality traits and things like that, right? So, someone that Hashem wants, let's say theoretically, to um, climb the mountain on the higher um, part of the slopes, right? So, that neshama might potentially be put into that, that type of a family. Because he'll be naturally equipped with a lot of those, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with, with a lot of that ability, right? As far as being able to, you know moment you say that your last name is Torsky, so right away, uh, you know, the rabbinical ears perk up, right? You say your last name is Soloveitchik. That's a very big name, right? That's, <laughs> right? 
Mm-hmm. Your name is Shulman. People say no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's. But are you saying though that how does it turn into a negative though then, right? Well, it, maybe based on what Rabbi Shulman is saying, that it, the person is a is already equipped to overcome a greater challenge. But I, I guess if the person's not naturally going to do good, like objective good, it's not going to look like they're Again, doing like, good. like we said, everything that a person, a person is given can be, is a challenge as well. Being born rich is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Being born poor is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Being born into a, you know, illiterate family is a challenge. Being born into a very highly prestigious rabbinical family is a challenge. Everything's a challenge. Right? No matter what job you're doing, they're all hard. Some jobs are hard because you can barely get, you know, like the analogy that we used last time, the, you know, the, the, the multi-speed bike, right? So multi-speed bike allows you to work hard no matter what the terrain is. If you're going uphill, you have to work hard because you kick it into low gear and you're sweating, you're sweating going up the hill very slowly, very hard to go up the hill. Going downhill, you put it into high gear, and you work super hard and you're sweating to be able to ride 90 miles an hour downhill. So they're both extremely challenging, each one in its own way. So all we're saying is that this is also a part of the picture of what determines what a person's unique challenge is going to be. Okay, that is also. Zion. And of course, this does not mean when, when we're talking about that a father may be potentially given wealth or prestige or whatever because of his son or the other way around, the son for his father. We are not talking about uh, what, what we've been referring to as the coat of Haklali, right? The, the final reckoning of merits and demerits to determine a person's place in the next world, right? For that, that's each man for himself, right? When we talk about, when we talk about sons, you know, merit of the fathers, right? Um, or, or, or the other way around, that is not to remove or expunge any um, averos or on the contrary to remove any any merits from a person as far as the final calculation of how righteous you were. That's simply to determine what's going to be happening here. As it pertains to to over there, the Torah says clearly, Ben lo yisa avon ha'av. A son will not bear the sin of his father. Right? In, in that regard, every man is judged for himself. And like we've said many times already, Hashem in His infinite wisdom knows how to calculate the handicap for every job that he gave, this man he got a more difficult job. This one he gave an easier job. This one is going up the hill. This one's going down the hill. The, Hashem knows how to calibrate it, how, how to expect miles, right? One mile up the hill at this slope equals 15 miles downhill at that slope, right? Every, everything is, is calibrated. So um, everything we're talking about over here is only uh, talking about the determination of of what of what's happening here, but not of the ultimate truth that will come out of what happens here. Okay, um, that's uh, so. That's the end of Ozain, um, Oz Ches. Okay. Uh, here. Uh, a final question on that, Rabbi. So, so we talk about in 
in, in this world, are we talking about how, how easy or difficult it is um, in terms of, uh, of attaining the next world? Well, no, not attaining the next world it makes makes your path easier. So that means that then you're just going to be expected to accomplish more in this world. I mean, it just is going to. Um, that's the equivalent of getting uh, getting to go down the hill, right? Like we've spoken about before. You know, some people are assigned sort of quote unquote difficult tasks. Some people are assigned quote unquote easy tasks, right? Some people are. So that's yeah, what's I was, I was saying. Just an easier path, right? It's opening up path versus putting obstacles. Yeah, but then, but then, right? But then, the ultimately, the handicap is gonna is gonna is gonna cancel everything. Is gonna even everything out, right? We're just talking about in this world. So, a person has chusavos, so they're gonna be spared that that disease, that sickness, right? And so they'll then then they're gonna be okay. So then now you're expected to go and learn. A lot more and do more kindnesses and other things. Yeah. Okay. Os ches. Here I predict that um, many will say, Oh, you see a proof for, for, for what the, for what the Balshemtov um, and, 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 uh, and his followers very much um, opened up the, the discussion of, of what's called, you know, the tzaddik. The, the, the righteous person who the um, those that cling to him can can get into Olam Haba. Right here in the Derek Hashem before Hasidism of the before best Hasidism ever came on the scene, or at least certainly before the Ramchal ever knew about it. Um, the Ramchal is writing it and the truth is based on the Gemorin Ksuvus. So says the Ramchal that operating according to the two principles of the coat of Haishi and the coat of Aklali. We're going to see now where both of the principles that we've been discuss- discussing until now, and on this the part that I apologize to you, you're probably not going to be able to yeah. follow. Um, so we've been talking about the coat of Haklali, which means the, uh, the ultimate reckoning to see who can make it into Olam Habo, who can get close to Hashem, who can... Who can um, merit to that ultimate um, goal, what, why Hashem built the entire world, um, and the, versus the Kotovaishi, which we've been speaking about, you know, the individual roles that we have, right? So here we're going to see um, the concept of Arevus. Arevus means, um, how do you say, translate Arevus? Um, Mixture. No, well, it, it comes from the word ar, uh, to to mix, right? But but an arave is a like a cosigner or interdependency, right? Like a cosigner on a loan is called an arave, right? So one when one is responsible for someone else, right? So call you soil arave we're all interdependent, we're all responsible for one another. That concept where Hashem linked up all. Which is for now we have not yet been distinguishing between Jewish people, not Jewish people. So let's just talk about the humans, right? The human beings are interconnected. Uh, the psukim that we have are obviously talking about um, after the sin of Adam Rishon and after Avram Avinu was selected. So that's so it's going to be Kol Yisroel Aravim Zelazeh. But the point is where 
uh, it's not just each individual person for himself, which is everything we've been talking about until now. You, your righteousness, ultimately, as far as getting into Allah Ba, which is the quote of Ha-Klali, we're going to talk about how this is also going to touch, this idea is also going to touch on the quote of Ha-Ishi, on what actually happens in our lives, the individual unique roles that we have. But first, the reason why Hashem introduced this concept of Arevus, of interdependency and responsibility for one another, is so that more people can get a portion of Olam, in Olam Haba. How's that going to happen? So until now we've spoken about that the person has to merit through their own deeds to get into Olam Haba. And what if he's got Averis on his hands? Right, so you can't get close to Hashem with Averis on your hands. So, Yosef, what, are, what were the things we spoke about back in the previous parak, in the second parak, in the coat of Haklali, that can help a person remove some of the Averis on his hands? Yisurim in this world, and Gehenim, and Gehenim in, in, in the next world. So both Yisurim, ways to expunge those, those Averis, right? But then, once you've done that, then the merits that you do have you know, w- will be what you have in the next world. What if a person, according to that judgment system, simply wouldn't make it? Okay? So then, so here Hashem did another level. We spoke about the, in the introduction of Gehenim, significantly increased the number of people that can make it into the next world. We compared it to deep cleaning, right? There's, there's just regular washing fabric, which you can get certain stains off. There's deep cleaning, much hotter, much more intense, but it can pull out much deeper stains. That's Gehenim. And now Hashem introduces another, uh, an entire new pathway of getting into Olam Abba, which is that the person himself is not meritorious enough to get in. Is that even but, including those lost soul people that we were talking about before? Like the people that, like, are, there's no hope for them. They're so inherently bad. So, 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 again, obviously everything is spectrum, right? So if we imagine all of humanity is like this, right? Yeah. So there's going to be a segment of um, tzaddikim that don't even need Gehenim. That's a pretty small segment, right? Yeah. Then he said there's a big segment where now the majority of people would be able to, um, ma- you know, make it into Olam Haba, right? Now Hashem is trying to pick up even more than that, mm-hmm. right? So how is Hashem going to do that? So it's, it's going to be through a rabus where the person is not meritorious enough to get in to get in by himself, but through the interconnection, interdependency with uh, with another with with a righteous person, he can come in as a tuffle, as a secondary to him. Now let me let me explain. I'm going to introduce a gemara in Ksuvas to to explain this concept. The gemara in Ksuvas says. And he doesn't bring this in the Derech Hashem, like his way is not to quote my Mari Chazal too much, um, but I think it helps to bring out the point. The Gemur Suva says, asks the question, how do Amei Haaretz, people of the land, right? if you think about agricultural society, the people, the, the person that was working in the land, it was, it was, a, it was a full-time job from, from, from early sunrise to late sunset. Now these were fundamentally good people, most, you know, let's talk about the people that were, most of the people were fundamentally good people, um, God-fearing people, right? But the, let's face it, you know, they barely had time to pray, if that, and uh, certainly very little Torah learning. So the Gemara asks, so how can they merit to Olam Haba? All, what, remember, what's Olam Haba? Olam Haba is a relationship with Hashem. 
If you never built that relationship, you never established that relationship. So, so how, so how do you get in? What do you do? Where's the relationship going to come from? It's not going to come by itself. So the Gemara says what they can do is one of three things. They can either marry off their daughter to a Talmud Chacham. They can go into a joint business venture with a Talmud Chacham. Or they can make financial gifts to Talmud Chachamim. Right? Now Talmud Chacham, of course, we've said many times, does not mean to think that it simply means a um, academic of of uh, Jewish libraries, uh, the equivalent of a scientist or whatever it is. We're talking about a very, very righteous person, right? So, someone who is truly connected to Hashem, right? So, um, connecting to Him in one of these three ways creates a partnership, so to speak, between this person who himself doesn't have that relationship to Hashem, but he would like to, and the Talmud Chacham who does have that relationship, and the Maral explains that the, here we took three examples. It's not limited to these three examples of marrying off the daughter, going into a business partnership, or making financial um, contributions towards sustaining him in learning. Um, because these three represent three fundamental areas. Giving one's daughter, one's daughter is like an extension of his own body. It's the physical, it's literally like a, it came from, from, from you. So it's like giving... So, so you, so the, you the, the person of the land, becomes like the body to the Torah scholar, right? The wife is, is the body, she supports him in, 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 the, in his spiritual ventures, she's the base from, from which, so, that, so you're giving of your, of your physical self towards him, towards making a partnership with him to help him um, serve Hashem, and in that, you have a portion. Alternatively, business. Ezra, you're a businessman. Um, what's, which part of us is involved in business? Uh, is it the body? Is it the emotions? The spirit? Or is it the intellect? Better get this right. Oh. Ah, cop out. Now, what's the primary one? The spirit, the emotions, yeah, uh, the, the, the the emotional turmoil, right? The you're not walking around carrying big sacks on your shoulders. That's not the primary thing about business. Neither is it such an intellectual endeavor. It's not. This is not. It's not science. It's not. Um, you know. It's not rocket science. Business, right? Business is. Talking to this guy, trying, and the thing falls through, and then you go there, and, and you're worried, and you got, and you got this storage house full of this stuff, and you got to move this, and you got to unload, you got to find somebody that wants this thing, and it's it's uh, it's a lot of running around, it's a lot of uh, emotional turbulence, as we've spoken about in Mesil Sharm. Yeah, so a socher is a, the Maral says all the time. It comes from a language of making circles, running around. Right, so if you become uh, the business partner for the for the tzaddik, right, the tzaddik who is himself, he, he makes an investment with you. You take the money, you run with it. You guys split the profits. So you're doing the emotional turmoil on his behalf. He's able to continue spiritual growth. So now the amharitz has has become 
like the heart, like the emotional sensor, the emotional center of the Torah scholar, right? And then finally is is uh, is money. Those uh, like it's simple understanding. The really those are the four things that makes up a person. Four things make up a person is the mind, the emotions, the body, and money, his possessions. So with the Ama Arts, the person of the land can make a partnership the, with the tzaddik or the Torah scholar. He's gonna, he's like the mind, and the person of the land can have a partnership by, with him by either providing him with the emotional support, so to speak, by being his his business partner, with the physical support by marrying off his daughter, or with monetary support by providing him with properties, with, with food, or whatever it is. So the point is, here we have, we're forging a partnership between two Jews, one of them who is truly connected, the other one's not really connected, but he's going to be connected to supporting the one who's connected to having a relationship with the one who's connected. Now, these are fundamental relationships that Gibor Aksu is talking about, but certainly it's not limited to them. Right? These are just extreme examples where it becomes very clear that this is a partnership. So if it's a partnership, then, 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 uh, then he shares that relationship with Hashem as well. Is it a full partnership? Meaning like they share everything 100%? No. Uh, unless you gave him your daughter and you're his business partner and you're giving him uh, financial support, uh, right? I'm saying like the the, the sluice of the of the learning that's done, like he keeps most of the sluice, or he and like the the farmer gets some of it, or like uh, you have to you, you'd have to be Hashem to figure out exactly what portion is. But he does say over here that that the difference is going to be between the tzaddik and the and the person clinging to, to him that the tzaddik is actually going to be a very uh, on a much much higher level than the person who so to speak gets into Olam Habo on his coattails right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, so clearly not an equal partnership okay. because at the end of the day it's his relationship the person of the land has a relationship with Hashem through someone else that's, that's not the ideal right. but, it's be- but it's better than not having a relationship with Hashem at all. It's better than not getting into Olam Habo at all. So if this is going on a tangent, then we don't need to go there, but like Zavulan and Yisachar. Right? That's very different. The, the, That's the, very different, yeah. Okay. Because you're using the, you started with the example as the cosigner, right? Yeah. This is the example of the cosigner. That's how he's attaching himself, right? Right. The cosigner is not, is not is, uh, at the end of the day, it's not the person mm-hmm. taking out the loans. Two separate. It, yeah. It's two different people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So first of all, Yisachar's is very complicated. The whole the whole story is very very complicated. Exactly what happens in Yisachar's and what you get, what you don't get. Huge machlaikis. Uh, so let's let's just put that one to the side for now. Yeah. Okay. So so the point is again just to summarize. Hashem has now introduced a brand new pathway for people to make it into Olam Haba, and that pathway is through. Um, the fact that we're all interconnected, we're all partners, we're, we're all uh, dependent on one another, we're all reliant on one another, and the Ramchal says that we see this actually from, it's interesting, the Torah shows it to us from the negative, but we know that the Midas Tova is Meruba al Midas Ra, so the, the good attributes, the kindnesses of Hashem are greater than the strict justices of Hashem. And in strict justice, He holds us accountable for other people if we had the ability to impact someone else and to save them from going into a negative direction, and we didn't, we stayed quiet, then, then the person will be held accountable. 
Because you're responsible for him. Why did you not say anything? Why did you not stop him? It says if it's a leader of a city and the city went and was doing inappropriate things and he's a leader, they would have listened to him. So he, then he had an obligation to stand up and if he didn't, he's going to be held accountable for it. If it's a father of a, of a household, then, then, then he'll be held accountable, etc., etc. Each person, whatever is his circle of influence, is, 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 uh, is held accountable. What if the person gets offended or upset? What? What if the person gets offended or upset by what you say? Again, is that, is that on us? Ag- again, do you have the ability, if you know that the person's not going to listen to you? No, but you don't know. I, I personally wouldn't know that. Potentially, I'm thinking of a particular situation. So I'm going to say, if you, if you have reason to believe that yeah. the person will listen to you, then you're obligated to speak to them. Mm-hmm. So if you, you see them afterwards, it's just like that's just the outcome, and that's you well. Again, try to do it in the most sensitive way possible. But you have to love. The point is, to, the mitzvah of tochacha comes from loving the other person and feeling like this is an extension of me. I care about the other person. I'm I'm invested in the other person, right? It's like we're all partners in this thing together. Mm-hmm. And so, if I see that he's doing something damaging to himself, then that I shouldn't just say, "Well, who cares? I'm I'm fine. I'm, I'm not in it." So you should care about the person. Now, if you deem it that it would be detrimental to them, it would be negative, it would be harmful for you to speak to them now, then, then it's not good. But the point, but if you're speaking to them, would be a good thing for them. Right? If you could help to turn them around and you don't, then you're responsible. It's, 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 uh, it's the person's at fault for that. Right? So that would be, they would be punished. So how much more so on the positive side? That certainly... There's going to be the concept of arevus, of interdependency um, on, on the side of goodness, of where we, where we help one another, and we work together, so that we all get uh, to, to share in, the, in, that, in that closeness to Hashem. Okay? So, um, you know, so, so, certainly from this concept is where the, you know, the, the concept of the tzaddik comes from in, in, in the uh, Beshti and Hasidism, right? Where... Um, there's an entire group of Hasidim around the tzaddik, right? They kind of um, seek to grab onto his coat tails and you know fly. Um, and uh, okay, that's a that is a that is a pathway, right? It certainly is a pathway. Now, like we said, the Ramchal does say that certainly um, it's it's um, if a person can. Can be can merit for Olmabo into Olmabo himself. It's um, much better. Now, sometimes you could do combinations of things. You could be next to a tzaddik and grow from him, and then but have your own relationship and working on that as well. And uh, you know, um, I mean, that is the idea though, behind the Hasidim. Because right? I mean, a lot of them are, I mean, I would say all of them are, are on that level by themselves. Right? I mean, they all learn. They're all part of. You know, mm-hmm. you know, right? Again, the part if you you know. Today's Hasidism is very different than Hasidism that started. Hasidism that started, you have to understand, the majority of people living in Eastern Europe were poverty-stricken, worked from early morning to late night for a couple of pennies, right? Most of them were illiterate. And they felt like they have no portion in the next world. They have no ability to connect to Hashem in any way. Right, and what so what the Baal Shem Tov and, and and his and his uh, Talmudim um, told them was that you know that now you, you basically through Hasidism, right, you can 
you can connect also. There's a way for you to connect as well. Right? Um, which was primarily through the Rebbe. That's why the people made pilgrimages to see the Rebbe and um, you know, to get a bracha from him, to get a uh, whatever, you know, all, all those things. It was, it was very much Rebbe-centered because the people themselves had very little connection. All the stories about the guy couldn't even daven, he could only whistle and you know all those all those things, right? That that's that. Whereas, uh, kind of in the Litvisha world, you know, the negative stereotype was you got to do it yourself. You know, like go sit down, go sit down, you know, learn uh, learn shas, and then you have a relationship with Hashem, right? Um, but it's not so easy. You know, that's a, it's a very elite form of Judaism, and, and the truth is in in the middle, is that certainly the best is if you can yourself become uh, a tzaddik, a tamal chacham. But there is another pathway of um, of arabus of, of um, interconnectedness that we have with one another. Okay. Um, so now that was all in what's called the Kota of Aklali. That was all as far as helping more people get into Olamabah, and and that is indiscriminatory. That is why it's Kota of Aklali because it's True for everyone. Now we're going to introduce where the Kota of Aishi comes in into this into the equation, which is some people are going to be have this differently than others, and for this the the, the primary place that this is discussed uh, is the Gemara and Brachas. Uh, I think it's like Daf Hey or Vav. Don't remember exactly. Um, where which is what's called Yisurim Shal Ahava, afflictions of love. Where Hashem actually sends the Yisurim Shalahava, afflictions of love, to the tzaddik to um, accept on behalf of other people. Meaning, other people, like we spoke about the concept of Arevus, of interdependency. So, if, you're, if your fellows themselves. Let's say you, you, you know that your friend, he's in a very weak financial situation. He's got a collector coming. The guy is going to, you know, repossess his car. He won't be able to get to his job. He, he's going to default on his mortgage. The whole thing is going to cave in, right? So what do you do? So, so, so if, we, if we're all interdependent, uh, we're all responsible for one another. So you pay, so you pay the guys, uh, even though it's not your debt, so you pay it. So to over here... If the community is weak and is really should be receiving a severe punishment for certain transgressions that they've done, but if they do, maybe they don't have the power to bear it. Maybe they'll break them. So then, what Hashem can do is He can send Yisurim to a tzaddik to accept those Yisurim on their behalf. And by doing so, you know, because we're all interconnected, he's like the head of the body. So, it's if he chooses, and this is going to be an extremely important caveat, the tzaddik has to accept the yisurim ve'ahava. He has to accept the yisurim with love. He has to say, I, I, you know, I want it, I accept it. By doing so, he connects himself to the greater population, to the community, and is able to accept... Uh, the, the the suffering on their behalf, and and uh, and then that saves them all from from what was coming to them. 
the Gemara actually talks about a number of tzaddikim, that same Gemara in Brachas, uh, talks about a number of tzaddikim who were having what the Gemara describes as Yusurim Shalahava, Gemara in Dav Hayamud Beis. And Brachas, Dav Hayamud Beis. And it says that the Yusurim Shalahava, even though they recognized it to be Yusurim Shalahava, but they were so, hard, so painful uh, that they said, even though it's a tremendous merit, but they said, I don't want not the, not the Yusurim and not the reward. Please take it away. So since it wasn't accepted by Ahava, it's left. Number of the Amoroim. Really? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a very, you, you have to be genuinely happy to accept it. And if you're not, then, then, then it goes away. So because like they could have just said, oh, I know this is from Hashem, so I'm just going to accept it. But because they were just accepting it like grudgingly, that it wasn't wouldn't be worth it. Right. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's not. It's not easy to accept Yisurim Shalahava. It's not easy thing to do. Right. But and the way like Rabbi Akiva level, then, in terms of how he accepted the right, right, so, right. You know, that, right. that might be Rabbi Akiva. Maybe a higher level. We'll talk about Rabbi Akiva. We'll talk about a different type of Yisurim um, in the in the next paragraph. Um, that w- that might have to do with with what Rabbi Akiva accepted upon himself, um, but but the concept is, but the concept is that the tzaddik accepting upon himself by doing that he connects himself to everybody else. And the Ramchal writes that you do it, you have to do it on the same level as a regular person who would accept Yisurim that uh, that are coming to cleanse him. So let's say a regular person, he knows he did an avera. And he's receiving Yisurim, which are going to cleanse him for him to be able to make it all about. So, so he fully understands that this is a good thing for him. Now he might not, might not like it, but he understands this is a good thing for him. That's automatically called accepting it Ba'ahava. Ba'ahava means that you understand that Hashem is doing it for you out of love. But what if this has nothing to do with me? I didn't do anything. So then... It's not called accepting out of love. You have to be able to view yourself as a part of the greater whole where you say, yeah, this, this is for me. This, I, I need this to cleanse, so to speak, me, the greater me. The me that's a part of the community. Is that because of the interconnectedness? Exactly. Yeah, the greater it depends on the, the community. What? Because you're taking on a greater burden. And so he says that what's going to happen is that the, if the person does this, he's going to be from one of the greatest people in Olam Haba. Because he's now becoming the top of the pyramid for the entire community. Right? So that that is what the quote of Aishi, because some say you can have two tzaddikim, one is going to be sent Yisurim Shalahava, and the other one is not. That's what it means. It's kotevayishi uh, that this is individual ashgacha. Certain people will be tested in such ways; other people will not. You can have two equal level tzaddikim. One is going to continue everything that be great for him. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be learning. He's going to be doing mitzvahs. And the other one is going to be terribly sick and suffering and everything, and has to accept that with love. And why this one not and this one yes? Answer is because we have different roles in life. This one's going to get to his height one way, and this one's going to get to his height in a different way. Okay, that is... We'll, we'll, we'll have to stop here in the middle. Um, so then, next week, Bezaz Hashem, um, we, we still have to discuss uh, the concept of uh, the...
Hasidi greater level than a tzaddik is a chassid of accepting greater levels of Yisurim. We'll talk about what that is and tzaddik b'munasa yichye. Still a number of important things to discuss in this oath. Okay. Very good. Any qu- any questions? So it's, an, it's an emotional acceptance, right? Has to be a real acceptance, yeah. Not, not, say, not, not just intellectual. Not intellectual, saying, I, this is 